When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On and we are recording with Dr. Aaron Williams, who has the patience of a saint as I butchered our block of time today. Have no fear. We are doing another one in two weeks. So for everybody that enjoys us going off into the rails for two hours, it's already scheduled. I've already I've already um, watched his feet and and begged for his forgiveness and King Williams has granted it. And uh but in the short amount of time we do have, real quick, man, for all the new listeners, introduce yourself. Yeah. So Aaron Williams, I'm an anesthesiologist um, and been practicing for about 16 years. Um, done a lot of different stuff in that regard in terms of uh, chairman of the anesthesia department. Um, you know, I won a teacher of the year award when I was in academics uh, some time ago because I really love to teach. I love to, you know, reach more people than what I could just touch with my hands at a time. And uh, yeah, as I woke up over the course of 2020, I'd been, you know, uh, awake to, you know, some of the media manipulation, all that kind of thing, but not of how deep and how far it went. And as I progressively woke up through 2020, especially towards the end about the vaccine rollout time, that's when I started to dive into a lot of different things and find out, you know, that reality was a lot different than the way myself and many others around us had, uh, had imagined it. And you know, so so goes the journey um, on here now, you know, roughly 16 months later f- from the deep dive time. I don't know if you saw, I saw it this morning, maybe it was last night. Um, I think in Australia, they're, they're now kind of publicly stating that they've been, a, a, this is applicable to you as, a, as an anesthesiologist, they've been, uh, what was the exact wording, uh, uh, opportun- like opportunity, I don't remember the exact wording, but it, I guess it's been like they've been doing it in Australia for a little bit now, and now they're kind of coming out and saying it. When people are under, they're using it to also give them the COVID vax. Quote, even if for unrelated, well, it's always unrelated. No one's going in there. You don't go in to anesthesia. So going to get, I don't know, your tonsils out or whatever, they go in. If you haven't had the COVID vax, they give it to you while you're under. What are your... uh because although I, you know, you really can't have a a more uh, blatant raping of uh, bodily autonomy than that, and no, you can't really have more of a uh, crucifixion of the, the Hippocratic Oath. Aside from all that, <laughs> what are your thoughts on that as not only a doctor but an anesthesiologist? Yeah, that frankly blows me away. And you know, I know that that's been a possibility. I hadn't heard that they were officially doing something like that and uh, I I believe it you know with the way this world has gone upside down and you know our job as anesthesiologists or you know if they're over in those countries they don't have nurse anesthetists working so they call themselves anesthetists so the anesthesia doctors anesthetists in those places but you know our job is to be vigilant for the patient to protect the patient that's some of the biggest things that we do and there's a lot of intricacies to that more than just like knocking them out and waking them back up um, you know, people commonly just think of think it's that simple, uh, but there's a whole lot of stuff in between, a whole lot of physiology, a whole lot of everything. But also, there's that that whole concept of protecting the patient. So whether it's like positioning their arms in the right way and turning their thumbs, you know, the correct manner, making sure there's padding at all the places, because your defense mechanisms, even just simply. Um, when you sleep, you know, you roll over because you're laying on, you know, some nerve bundle or nerve group too long these different things. And when you're asleep at home, you still have the ability to move around and do these different things, cough, wake yourself up, you know, whatever, whatever it needs to be, but you don't have that under anesthesia. So our utmost is to protect that patient in every single way possible down to like not getting their pinky numb from an ulnar nerve injury around their elbow. So the thought of doing something to the patients that they didn't want, they didn't sign up for, they wanted no part of, and to just do that to them while they're asleep, you know, it, even just the thought of it kind of, I don't know if it grosses me out, creeps me out, but it really, I can't stand that thought. I think it's horrible. I think it's awful. When I read it, I just found it 
uh, ATAGI, the Australian Technical Advisory Group. On I'll, I'll text it to you right now. On what is it? ATAGI, the Australian Technical Advisory Group on Immunization. Uh, ATA, Australian Government Department of Health, April 6, 2022. So, I mean, today is uh, April 21st, 2022. So, 15 days ago. And it is there we here's the line I was looking for on the second page, the first, second, third, fourth paragraph. It's its own sentence, it's its own paragraph. Vaccines may also be administered opportunistically while patients are undergoing sedation for unrelated procedures. Yeah. Opportunistically. I mean, you talk about whether it's, I'm gosh, I can come up with so many words. I mean, it gives me a gut reaction and, you know, I'm not surprised by a lot anymore, but that gives me that gut reaction. It's, it's despicable. It's awful. It's horrible. It's evil. Frankly, it's the semantics of rape intercourse may be administered opportunistically to a female for unrelated situations that sounds like sneaking up on a female with a gun and raping her that's what it sounds like yeah it's um you know it's that bad and or worse i mean i can't even hardly fathom you know when you call that an opportunity who and what is that an opportunity for is that an opportunity <laughs> for patient health to be you know, improved um, you know, and regardless, as a Hippocratic Oath, the Nuremberg Code, everything else, you can't just give people things. I can't just give people things. I don't do that. I mean, we have a cache of anesthesia drugs and what have you. And if there's, you know, emergencies, we give those drugs and we haven't consented them to that before, but that's really not feasible. Um, and it's also stuff that's been tried and true for a long time. So we know exactly. We've had these drugs you know, most all of them on the market for at least 10 years, if not some of them 30, 40, 50. So it's not like we're gambling. We're not giving them something that we just really have a, uh, we're really hell bent on. We think will be good for them, but we don't know because it never went through the full studies or even anywhere remotely close. We're ignoring all the data, all the signals, safety signals and all the problems. And yeah, we just kind of like to give it to them because we think it'll be good and we'll see what happens later. I mean, I mean, Sure. Maybe I don't consent to like, uh, I, I don't know, like, uh, maybe I never consented to like an EpiPen to the heart, but unexpectedly healthy 31 year old Tommy is heart stopped during surgery. Yeah. You, you're you not going to wait around for that. Right. You, you're not, you know, I didn't, I didn't consent to the EMTs picking me up and giving me a blood transfusion, but I also wasn't planning on getting in a car wreck this evening. Those things. Yeah. You can see where the lines blurred and I mean, part of me wants to think they're true believers in what they're doing. That doesn't make it better, but it's a little less nefarious. Maybe they're thinking this is life or death. This is COVID. Only, you know, 0.01% of you are going to die. But like, who is in an opportunity for? I For the agenda, you know, really. I mean, it's really... <sighs> It's got to be clear to, to most people by now, you know, even beyond the cognitive dissonance that there's something wrong. I think just about everybody, maybe there's like 10%, 5% that are like fully in it and they totally still buy the They're thing. lost. They're done. But other than that, everybody else has to at least have some measure of doubt, um, you know, and uh, you're going back on that when you've went so hard on it for so long and you've done what you've done to yourself is going to be hard to admit. But uh, yeah, it's... Um, we need to turn this over. It is not an opportunity for the people. That's it's not an opportunity for that patient. Yeah. It's easier to fool a man than to convince a man he's been fooled. I think, I think you're right. I think a lot of people have, to my surprise, have come out and kind of been like, Hey, I got duped, you know, sucks. Nobody likes to get duped. And anyone who wasn't duped shouldn't make fun of those who got duped. Exactly. You could have been duped, you know, it's like, yeah, man, it's it gets it sucks to have a fast one pulled on you. It sucks to, you know, think you're doing something right for someone. It sucks to, you know, I, I gave $20 to that homeless guy for food. And then you see him go buy like a tall boy and you're like, what the it, it doesn't feel good. And it even feels worse to have to admit in front of like your friends and family like, yeah, I, I'm an idiot. It sucks. It hurts. But I think a lot of people have kind of you can see it in the actions the actions of mask mandates being dropped, the actions of no one really treating it like a pandemic, because it's not. There are some people who are 
I mean, truly steadfast. I think just yesterday or the day before, the didn't the CDC bring in like an outside group of advisors to discuss the need for the fourth COVID shot, the second booster, and should it be mandated? There are some people who the mass formation psychosis swallowed them whole. And it sucks. And it's not, I don't think it's necessarily a, a blemish on their character. So I think they're victims, you know, you're not, you're not weaker if you, if you fell for an overt psyop, you, unfortunately you are a victim, but I don't know, maybe this is the thing that pushes more people over. You, I think you're spot on. I mean, you know, I don't know if we referred to the, the scripture before, you know, the Lord was going to send a great delusion or allow it to occur. However, you kind of, you look at that, you know, and I was looking, you know, for a project that I'm working on and just going through the different ways, the, the different fallacies and the different ways that we get fooled. And it was absolutely incredible because, you know, this foundation has been laid for us for so long. We've all been fooled. You know, you really have to drop your ego to be able to process much of any of this. We've all been fooled, you know, foundationally for so long, whether it's the Fed that we love to talk about uh, and, you know, the money, it's not money uh, in your hands. Uh, you know, no matter what it is, we've been fooled on it. And when I'm looking and I was applying it to what is going on. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With this pandemic and the vaccine, literally like every single one applies in this situation. And if I'm like rattling off, because I've got one, I, I get a little list here, aside from the mass formation, psychosis, cognitive dissonance, which are, you know, some of the biggest ones, and can re reel off a lot of these anchoring bias. So whatever comes to you first, the FDA cares about me, the CDC cares about me, you know, vaccines are good. All of these things, confirmation bias. Well, I, I want it to be real. I want it to be that answer because none of the other stuff works, they've told me, you know, and that's part of the mass formation. Belief bias, um, what comes to mind easiest, you know, uh, yeah, the, they're going to take care of me. Uh, all these different things, sunk cost fallacy. Now, I don't want to go back yeah. and say that, uh, you know, I really, you know, I, I want to still be invested. I don't want to fully admit. I might not take any more, but I'm not going to actually say anything or do anything different because I don't want to say fully that I, that I, you know, got duped and, and, you know, possibly did something that's irreparable to myself and hopefully not. And there's a lot of people working on new protocols that are apparently holding a lot of promise. Um, but uh, that's just a reference there. Um, you know, the group think love and fear, like we've talked about using love uh, for others, you know, trying to protect them, the fear that we've talked about that before appeal to authority that's in it all together. One that I didn't, <laughs> I haven't heard, but the, the just world hypothesis, like we What's live that? in a relatively just world, unless you're in a pocket of it, you know, it, it is hard to think that the people at the highest levels are literally doing the opposite, but well, there's a couple of opportunities to talk about that here in just a minute related to some recent events. So I'll kind of pull back to, um, you know, bandwagon burden of proof, burden of proof has to fall on everyone who's looking at the VAERS database and all the the insanity surrounding this and all the conflicts of interests and the money and the, you know, everything that's going on. And I like, no, no, you have to prove it. There's no proof. Like, it's all there. And the other side is supposed to be proving that it's actually safe. They're doing none of their typical safety studies, safety checks, updates to the public, following no protocol they've ever followed before. Uh, and this includes the FAA. Uh, this includes, you know, the militaries. Um, uh, medical authorities as well, all of them, CDC, the whole, the whole works, FDA, all of them. Um, and, and there's more, of course, lies, damn lies, statistics, personal incredulity, people just can't believe it. But, and some of those are variations on one another, but there was hardly one, I couldn't hardly find one in these different lists that didn't apply to what's going on right now. And, you know, it just speaks to how easily you know, you can't blame those people. Like you said, you can't blame them because it is such a strong and powerful delusion. Everything is being thrown at you at once. Yeah. It's like, um, it's like when you, I don't know, it makes me think of like college or something. 
when you like you have the friend that gets broken up with and they just kind of like go nuts for a couple weeks not actually crazy but you know they're they're just they're really partying it's like dude it's like tuesday and you're going out to the bars you know and it's like hey man you i know you're kind of like a one woman guy and you're going out and hooking up with every and you're like that's kind of insane and and then eventually one day you get dumped and you lose your mind for a couple weeks and then you come out of it and you go, I didn't even realize I had lost. And then you go, I'm not that guy. I'm not that guy that goes out and hooks up. And but then you go, but I was that guy. But that's not me. And then you go, oh, well, if I can say that was just a weird mental hiccup, then you have to start applying that to other people. You know, I'm not the guy that drinks too much. And then one night you wake up and you have all these angry texts at you and you spent too much money and your roommates are pissed at you. And you're like, oh, so... I can't say, well, that was just one time for me. You know, you now have to, you now have to exercise and, and allow that, I guess, forgiveness, forgiveness and tolerance to everyone. Because if I can fuck up and then go, guys, that wasn't me. Well, now I now have to extend that, uh, that open-mindedness to everyone I know. It's something like that, where once you experience it, you are forced to open your heart a bit to other people. And that doesn't mean everyone's forgiven. Some people are just terrible people. But what we've been seeing with everything in the last two years has really made me re-examine history, specifically the 20th century, with every movement, every nation rising and falling, and really stop looking at them as, I mean, it's one thing that, once you get before color photos and videos, it's very easy to distance yourself. Those were black and white times. And then, you know, versus when you see like a colorized video of like 1905 New York, I don't know if you've ever seen those. It becomes very relatable. You go, Oh, they were walking around too. And they had sunny days and people were coughing and making jokes. It's like that. And you start, stop. I know for me, I stopped looking, I've stopped looking at them as, Oh, those are just simpletons with their Model Ts and didn't understand how the world works. I have access to audiobooks. And I'm like, oh, no, those were the same people. There were social pressures to do the right thing and ostracized. And you don't want to be a loner and you want to be part of the main group. And yeah, then two years out, we're kind of, you know, we're looking back at COVID now for the most part. You kind of have to extend that empathy to people you go, Oh, that's how people let the Nazis rise or maybe joined Weather Underground and bombed the Capitol. We're in the Black Panthers. We're in the KKK or we're in whatever or a hippie anti-war movement or a pro-war movement. You start to look at it and go, oh, that's how I mean, two days ago, right, or three days ago was the anniversary of Waco. And you go. You know I've seen an entire society get sucked into something. They're not that crazy anymore. Not saying that that's not condoning it, but what you, you get what I'm saying, where you stop looking at them as these like aberrations of like, oh, these freaks, these low, these idiots that just got taken for a ride. I have now seen an entire planet taken for a ride. Waco, Texas, or or Berlin in 1933. <laughs> They don't seem that absurd anymore. You go, oh, oh, yeah, no, it can happen like that. I know I'm ranting, but no, well, you're right. And it always is that it's kind of the the slow foundational, you know, bits and pieces that leads up. And then eventually then you can turn it all on at once, like every single thing that's gone on here. I mean, there's, there's no weapon that hasn't been used against, well, the world's people really uh, health, you know, even anesthesia is now being used to weaponize and get that vaccine in the arm or wherever they're, they're tossing it. Um, so yeah, it does. And once you learn that history, which is never taught, you know, we're taught dates, we're taught, um, you know, times of battles and who won a war and, you know, this, that, and the other, but, you know, back then, I don't really remember the, the textbooks emphasizing why the why right. they just, they just told us the what, and you just say, Oh, there's, you know, uh, countries go to war. Uh, people who lead countries um, become, you know, bad and fascist and what have you and totalitarian. And so bad things happen sometimes, but they don't actually go into how did their people go along with it? 
Um, and that is so critically important for people to understand the psychology and the mass psychology, or else we will continue to be duped over and over again. And one of the things, you know, you're talking about 1905, you, it was your reference. I think around that time, uh, about 30, 30 to uh, 33% of Americans actually drove electric cars, like in New York City, for instance. <laughs> uh -huh. Yep, they had those. And before they kind of got washed out. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty, pretty fascinating. Um, you can find some stuff even on some department like .gov websites. And of course, there's all kinds of reasons they got rid of them. And I'm sure their batteries weren't quite as good then. That said, you pretty well know why they got washed out rather than further developed yeah. at the time, right? Uh, Rockefeller oil, et cetera, et cetera. And so that's interesting. But, you know, another one, um, you know, and I've got so many books that I've been buying, but I can't, I don't have time to read them all. So, you know, I, I save my my time for keeping up with what's current event, what's fresh on the ground and, you know, trying to do some medical reading as well as, you know, reading my Edward Bernays propaganda and stuff like that. But um, among those books, um, one called Dissolving Illusions, I forget the author, but basically, and, I, and I've kind of read a little bit of that over time, but I've even seen some references from other physicians and people in some different groups and what have you. And they're saying, wow, if you go back and look at smallpox and you go back and look at, you know, Spanish flu, all this, this same playbook in many regards has been used. Yeah. Smallpox, especially. And the, the things that they did to people, um, the, the propaganda machine on it. Uh, the way they angled all of the appeal to authority for all these physicians and what have you. And, and back then, with a smaller number, they might have been, get, been getting paid off, too. Who knows? But I'm sure there was still that same mix because the human nature still is human nature. Now they just have a lot more vehicles by which to manipulate us, um, you know, and in a quicker fashion, you know, with the mass dissemination of information via, you know, uh, the web and, and what have you. Um, but yeah, if you find those out, all of a sudden you're like, Okay, now I, I can remove all that doubt of the, you know, that plausible deniability. They haven't told me they're evil. I mean, this kind of seems off, but there's probably a reason they are the experts. But if you know this has been done so many times before, then all of a sudden you can kind of like push all those doubts aside and look at it more objectively and be like, you know, I really shouldn't take this thing, let alone take my booster or my second booster because something's going on here and we need some more time. And this would not be the first time, not, not be probably the third time, probably for this. I mean, there was a swine flu. They did it, um, but they stopped after 25, 26 deaths, um, trying to inject the entirety of the population. Um, it, it, it's there. It, it's there. They've done it many times. And once you know that, I mean, history starts to open up your life, your current reality starts to open up, which also means breaking it down, which is hard for people, like you literally are living, living in the matrix. But once you get to the other side of it, life, life can be a lot better. We've got a lot, of, a lot of good things that we can create and develop and systems that we can all peacefully replace. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I was going to say for, you need to get on, you need to get audiobooks, man. You got to, that's mm -hmm. how you'll. I do like the the first 90 minutes I'm awake is the only time of the day I listen to audiobooks and I listen at two and a half speed. That's how I get my books in. Oh, I don't have time cool. to read. I don't even have, even if I did have the time to read, I would, you sit down and you look at a book and you're like, eh, I want to do something else. I do it while I like make my bed, do laundry, go to the gym, come back, and then I turn it off. I don't know, food for thought. But um, yeah, good call. To everything else you were saying, <sighs> Yeah, it at at best it's a money grab. At best, at worst it's either a a global digital ID system or just straight up depopulation. But whatever they are, and or both. Yeah, or both. Yeah, it's uh, but the way it's being rolled out even quicker and more quickly, like you said, with more widespread and more immediately available tools. I mean, imagine. You know, it, it, World War Two, you you fly over with and you drop flyers and pamphlets about, you know, what your nation's doing and how, you know, versus now you can just you get a notification on your phone. You know, Apple News, President Biden's going to fight back against the, the anti-mask bandit. Boom. Right there. The pamphlet is in your hand. Forget dumping them out of a jet. It's just. Oh, and you don't even realize a pamphlet falling from the sky. You go, oh, that's another nation giving me something. When you just see an anonymous post on Twitter or Reddit, you don't know if that's, I don't know if Aaron posted that. 
I don't know if that's a bot from Beijing or from D.C. The immediacy of it is definitely daunting. But with all systems, there's, there's, there's give and go, right? You can't. Sure, the first people to like use biplanes to drop bombs, that was definitely a threat. But very quickly, they started realizing, like, oh, we just got to shoot it. We got to shoot up. Or now we have to have shells that blow up in the air as opposed to just immediate, you know, hitting on impact. There's always there's always give and go. Right. The United States creates the U-2 spy plane. The Soviets, we thought we'd never get shot down. The Soviets were like, fuck around and find out. And they brought down Francis Gary Powers. There's always give and go. So what I'm saying is, is as these tools are used the the sort of your immunization if you will against it is also developing so i guess that's where my my optimism comes from is it's just as quickly that you know these things can be dispelled it's just as quickly that oh there's a centralized handful of news stations and with operation mockingbird we know it's a top-down control from the united states government just as just disguised as private industry okay and when they can give it to everybody's phone, well, having your own phone implies, well, if it can get to your phone, it implies everyone has a phone. Well, what that also means is something like Joe Rogan can arise. They can fight back. And a Joe Rogan episode can reach 50 million people in a day. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's kind of my optimism. I don't know why I'm going on this rant, but like with every new technology, there's a parallel one rises. Mm-hmm. So it's, I don't know. I'm not entirely disillusioned by it all as much as I probably should be. Do you, no. do you think, do you think it's all dark and, and over or? Not at all. Not at all. Not even remotely. And, you know, whether you get biblical and I, I still need to, to locate that scripture of, you know, unless the tribulation, the time of the tribulation be lessened, implying that there's some ability to influence that time. And I'm not saying we're in the tribulation or pre or post or whatever. I'm not a biblical scholar by any means, but I just kind of, you know, shape the reality to try to um, do the best things that I can on the daily. But I agree with your optimism fully. And I think you're absolutely right, because what we're doing in a way, you know, using their own tools, um, you know, and maybe they were developed for good sometimes, maybe, uh, sometimes, maybe, maybe, um, possibly, possibly. <laughs> a certain small percentage of the overall, uh, you know, theoretically, at, at at one point, it had to have somewhat been positive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's so, it. about as far as I'm willing to go. There you go. And when you know, and taking it and turning it around, you know, that that counteraction, um, you know, the equal and opposite reaction, and what have you, it's almost like we're kind of debasing um, their currency, you know, of of manipulation for us. You know, you're basically undercutting it and slowly, the, the harder they're pushing, the more we use it and the more mm-hmm. people are actually digging. I, I can't imagine. Now, people did never have the conversations. So I've met people who have been awake for quite a while. But most of the people that I'm talking to, especially in the medical field, most of them have just been waking up recently, too. And so while they're getting these needles in the arms and whatever all their aims um, and they're really trying to force everybody into, you know, the one world government and the UN just came out with something, I guess, a couple of a few days ago um, that said that uh, homeschooling had to be regulated to, yeah. to, you know, one world education. So, I mean, I don't know how much more blatant they need to get aside from the fact they've said new world order, one world government, you know, fourth industrial revolution so many times in official places from, you know, very powerful people. But I mean, it, it is there, but now we're debasing it and it's slowly losing its effect on a, a majority of the population. And I still think with their controls, we're using it like Joe Rogan, because he also has his own platform. They can't nix as well. You know, um, I think that we still have the limitations because I think we're playing on their turf a little bit. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so the question is, well, yeah, what are you talking about? Is, is there an alternative? And, you know, what you were referencing with those, um, you know, those pamphlets. I mean, it was it, it was incredible what they put in those pamphlets and they called them paper bullets. And so they would literally have like actual bombs sometimes too, not just, you know, and it would just not explode. It would just like pop open and, you know, there'd be like tons of pamphlets. 
Um, but they had like, they had full battles. They won where the, the other side would just come and turn over. They had, you know, the psychological campaigns of putting um, a bunch of different pamphlets out to the soldiers saying, while you're out here fighting for, you know, XYZ bankers or the heads of the military, um, you know, here's what's going on with your wife at home. Hmm, what'd you leave? And they got bad. They got pretty tawdry. Uh, it, it was like awful. And they had reams of this stuff. Yeah. But, you know, how do you deliver the information is I think, you know, is there also another way? Is there a way to get truth out there rather than somebody just trying to, you know, do this for however many minutes that person will stay close to them and listen, right? Or is there a way to try to deliver this in a different fashion than just electronic? Yeah. Side note, one of the funniest propaganda things the United States ever did, I don't know if it was World War II or Vietnam, but they'd, they'd, they'd lose uh, a bunch of condoms for GIs and they were all like quintuple XL. <laughs> just to just to be like you are fighting the manliest man <laughs> i thought it was brilliant but isn't that amazing how how simple it is but yeah no it it is that it is that case and um but even then so we can look at something like rogan right it can't be nixed knock on wood until all of a sudden spotify gets nixed or something well again the the back and forth game goes forever and what gives me so what people have said is all right well you know go make your own platform so you get rumble you get parlor you get gab you get whatever and then right like right after january 6 amazon and apple shut off all access to those apps well now you can't use those app you know, well now you got to build your own app store eventually what's been theorized and what i think will happen is it'll eventually come back to the isp the internet service provider to where it now won't even be you know, well, Rogan's on Spotify. YouTube can't cancel them. Well, now it'll be like, well, do you have Verizon? Verizon doesn't carry Spotify anymore. But then you look at Elon Musk with Starlink. Yeah. Orbital internet. Yeah. It does. It's forcing it. They are they are using selection or natural selection pressures, evolutionary pressures. They are driving the system to be more robust than it ever would have been on its own. Why would Rogan need to ever be on anything but YouTube? It's free. It's on your phone. It's YouTube. It's the, you've known it forever. You're comfortable with it. It's the good guys at Google. <laughs> but now it's being pushed all the way to like Elon Musk, you know, doing a hostile takeover of Twitter. And if people are like, well, the internet service providers will just shut it down if it's not free speech, which is still free speech. Well, it doesn't matter, man. His, his, he's going to put it on his own internet system. Well, we're going to attack the internet system. How it's 500 miles straight up. There is this beautiful thing to where they are driving the selection pressures. Mm -hmm. They are, I mean, much like forties, fifties, sixties, when we started putting thermonuclear war, we went from atomic to thermonuclear about a thousand times stronger. And we went from bombers to intercontinental missiles. So we went from these rickety metal planes, dropping 15 kiloton bombs to these, Mach 23, anywhere in the world in 30 minutes, orbital missiles carrying things with 15,000 tons of, or 15,000 kilotons of, of explosive power. You then force the Soviets to start building nuclear bunkers as well. You drive the, you drive the trench wharf, with almost like World War I, you drive the stalemate nature of the fight with every additional, as you know, I mean, uh, MRSA, right? You use all the disinfectants in the hospital, don't be surprised when all of a sudden there's some Frankenstein bacteria in the hospital. We'll use it. Well, we used all these different things on it and it's grown. It's uh, it's it's evolved to the ones that survive. The ones with the mutations to survive have now grown into its own culture of some super resistant thing. So my, my point is this is. In a way, it's almost good because it's forcing you to be better. It's forcing this system to be more robust. If you really wanted to control the population, you wouldn't censor anything. You would just do it very, very, you would just control the, you just control the, the subtle flows of information. You wouldn't chop anything down because when you chop something down mm -hmm. with every one of those, eventually you hit a critical mass and then they all go create rumble. Yeah. And once you've created that new island, then you have guys like me who are still on YouTube who are going, Oh, well, now I can get banned because it's not the end. I can go there. Mm -hmm. As the pre as the forces push down harder and harder and harder, 
the resilience becomes stronger and stronger and stronger. So I don't think there's anything but optimism. And but on the other hand, we also might be in like revelations. So I'm not, I'm not sure. There's well, one or the other. If the kingdom is going to be way better anyway, which it will be, um, yeah, you know, not even anything to fear. So I, I think it's all optimism, and I don't think they expected the response to have been as robust as it has been. Yeah. Um, you know, because to get us all to where you know we're all disarmed the world over, and we all agree to go to you know wellness camps. Uh, like in Australia, for instance, and, uh, you know, $5,000, you don't have to go $5,000 fine if you do, or if you don't go, uh, oh, they're not making me, they're just, you know, and, and they do that slow slide. I don't think they expected this much resistance, though. And, you know, like you said, every single facet of society is starting to build out a new system. And and I think that's a, a testament to the fact that most people are good, the vast majority of people are good. A lot of us might be fooled. I'm still probably fooled in a whole bunch of ways that I have no, no idea. Yeah. But that said, you know, as you push harder and you make it more blatantly obvious that you're not really caring about the population and the machine uh, and the matrix is not there for your benefit, that they're doing things in a, a literal opposite way the more people come out and go, okay, now I'm going to break free. Now I'm going to help, you know, at least quietly start this new system or overtly and get out there, you know, whatever it is, wherever you're at in the spectrum, it does it. So I'm all optimism too. It's just hard for people to break through when you're telling them like everything's messed up, you know, everything's, uh, you know, upside down. But I think one nice clear example um, is, is the FAA. So we yeah. just had a case last week. I don't know if you've seen the case of uh, Captain uh, Robert or Bob Snow. Is that the guy that collapsed right after the plane landed? Yep, six Patty. minutes after touchdown, and uh, you know, full cardiac arrest before even leaving the cockpit, and uh, three shocks, etc. And you know, they've been warning about this stuff for so long. Now, here's the backstory that people don't know. So obviously, people are afraid of flying anyway. And I think rightly, they kind of can be afraid of flying because all it takes is, you know, maybe a couple minutes earlier when they have their cardiac arrest, they fall. What was his name? What was his name? I'm going to write it down. See if uh, I Robert can Snow. Okay. Or Bob Snow. It looks like it's been listed a couple different ways there. Okay. Sorry. Keep going. Yeah, no worries. And, um, but I mean, this stuff has been going on for a while and yeah, people do need to at least be thinking about it at, at a minimum, but it also means that, well, wait a minute, have they even been told maybe the FA, you know, and the, and the, and the airline, you know, industry just doesn't really grasp because they're so busy. They don't really grasp, you know, all the vax injuries and all the real mayhem that's happening. And what most people don't know is they were, they were in such a letter back in December, December 15th. I, I pulled it up here. And I'm looking at it, and it's sent to the head of the FAA, uh, Stephen Dixon at the time. Uh, and he apparently stepped down here, you know, a couple months or so later. Don't know how much or whether it was related at all. Tra Department of Transportation, the Department of Justice, uh, and basically all of the major airlines, American, Delta, United, Southwest, Alaska. And it basically goes through and says that, number one, all of your pilots that have been certified to fly by their medical examiners are flying in contradiction to your own policy. And if you've ever worked anywhere in like governmental type stuff, one of the biggest things is, uh, is about your policies. And it's not always it, that it's um, settled science or even the best policy, but they want to make sure you number one, have one. And number two, did you follow your policies? Like in the hospitals, uh, whenever Medicaid and Medicare, JCO, they they renamed it because JCO had a bad connotation, so they renamed it Joint Commission. They actually put that on their website, <laughs> like so many things, right? Propaganda becomes public relations. They put that in the book. Anyway, you know, just simple, simple, but it works because we don't pay attention. Yeah. But um, anyway, um, yeah, so they're literally um, not even following their own policy, which is because they have such a huge responsibility. You know, I might take care of four patients at the same time in like four different rooms in conjunction with nurse anesthetists, CRNAs. But I don't have 200. I don't have 400. And so why they're so stringent with everything they do is obviously because of that higher risk. So what they have in their own criteria is that they cannot take any drug that isn't FDA approved. Well, that makes sense. And this isn't FDA approved anyway. So you've already broken that already. And it was already decided 
and known, the community isn't interchangeable. That's like sleight of hand. Uh, they can change up the formulation, however, under an EUA, which actually still applies. But, um, but further, not just that it has to be FDA approved, but it literally has to be on the market for 12 months before any pilot can take it. So you didn't go through virtually any of the normal testing that you do to rush this to market. It's not even approved yet. It is a completely new type of drug, whatever you want to call it, therapy, mRNA therapy that we've never done on humans before. And all of a sudden, you know, the airlines all join the bandwagon. Everybody has to be vaxxed. Um, yeah, so they're doing this in contradiction to their own standards. So they know. And even this letter, so it basically talks to them about this. It talks about all the issues that have been going on, talks to them about the VAERS database, specifically focusing on um, cardiomyopathies, uh, sorry, which trails into, sorry, myocarditis, myocarditis and blood clot issues. So whether it's major blood clots, pulmonary embolisms, you go down because the plumbing gets gummed up essentially, um, or, or it's you know strokes and other things like that. They basically go through and they say, all your pilots need, and we've got a whole ream of experts on this letter. This is sent December 15th, December 15th. So it's been a little while. And um, basically telling them, hey, there's a good chance that when this, an ill-timed one of these happens, and they're not going through every single um, you know, side effect in the book. They got a sore arm, they had a rash, um, you know, something like that. It's the things that would immediately debilitate the pilots. And so they stuck to that and said, these are the tests you need. And, you know, guess some of the names. You're, these names will be familiar to you because some of them have been on your show, maybe multiple. Um, so in the signatories, you have Dr. Peter McCullough speaking to all of the myocarditis and other cardiac risk, including just straight up heart attack. You know, what they're calling heart attacks right now for the public that is just like a muddy term when a you know 25 year old professional soccer player has a heart attack that's not a heart attack that is some form of arrhythmia more than likely probably lately related to myocarditis um you know we know that like at least 22 percent in some studies up to 40 percent of deaths from athletes during exercise was related to myocarditis the underlying electrical system was glitchy because it was inflamed and so they knew that beforehand, and it's always going to be higher with activity. So otherwise, you have a couple other structural things of the heart, but that'll usually come up well beforehand, um, that they would have found out before they were a professional athlete. That would have happened probably when they were in high school, maybe early in college, something like that. Not guaranteed, but, but um, it's there. But, uh, but yeah, so myocarditis, the other risk of actual heart attack because of the inflammatory um, nature of this and a score that he has with it. So you've got him, and also for the blood clot issues, you have Ryan, Dr. Ryan Cole, uh, you know, Mayo-trained pathologist and expert. And I haven't, I haven't been able to get him. All of these things. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm ashamed. Yeah, no, he's a, I've tried. He, he's a very, very busy, very busy man, but, uh, but he seems to be a, a wonderful man. But, uh, but you've got these people. You also have, you know, our incredibly brave whistleblowers from the military. Mm -hmm. uh, like Dr. Teresa, Lieutenant Colonel Dr. Teresa Long, Lieutenant yeah. Colonel Dr. Pete Chambers. Um, and, and let me see if there was another signatory on there as well. In addition to the, the lawyers and everybody who put this together, they know. They know this is a risk. They know exactly that they're going in absolute contradiction to what their policy says. They know that the risks have been labeled out to them explicitly, that these things can be debilitating and they can take out your pilots in a moment. Also, Cody Flint, you know, who bravely also came out as well, a pilot who doesn't even remember landing after he had a huge event, um, neurologic, and, and also with his eardrums, and et cetera, a, a lot of stuff that all happened. He doesn't even remember landing his plane. I mean, it was a miracle that he survived. And you've got all of this solid evidence. You have their own policy in there. You've got VAERS database. You've got DMED in there, DMED database from the military. Um, it has some references in there as well. And also with Dr. Teresa Long grounding three out of three pilots in one morning yeah. due to myocarditis and pericarditis, which you're aware of. So all of this has been told to them. The FAA knows this since December 15th. They haven't said a word. There has not even been apparently a reply 
There has been no response whatsoever. And so when you talk about the institutions, the highest levels, you can't say they didn't know. They can't say they didn't know anymore. They know. And, um, you know, there was an acknowledgement. So it got to them, you know, uh, that sort of thing. But um, they can't say they didn't know. They're literally. So when it comes to your safety and your health, they're literally doing the opposite. And that's not just for the pilots and the crew members. That's for everyone, the entirety of the flying public. I mean, what's it going to take? Is it going to take a 747 going through a suburban neighborhood? Well, you know, and so the interesting thing about um, Captain Snow's case was that, you know, he um, is apparently an American Airlines pilot and he was flying into the American Airlines hub in yeah. Dallas. Yeah, 300 passengers. Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, 200, but either way, okay. it was, it was either way, it's a lot. And um, so, the question is, yeah, what is it going to take? And that's why I think that story right now is going viral because it's showing you how close it is. Oh, there's a second pilot. Yeah, that might apply if you're on cruise and somebody's able to then bring them out. Um, and there's, you know, some medical people on board. I know they have the defibrillators on board, the automatics. That said, if that happens on takeoff or landing, there's no course correction, you know, with a big move and then the other co-pilots like what what's going on yeah it's that split second it, it, now you're irrecoverable yeah. and so this is and that's not to mention all the military pilots or all the single you know the single pilot planes that are out there right there's oh, yeah. many of them. every it little Cessna, every little yeah every little just you know <laughs> flying around yeah yeah man and then uh yeah you're right it's one thing if you're at forty thousand feet cruising altitude and one of the guys grabs his chest and the other pilot takes the, it's another thing when you're coming into landing. Yeah. I mean, uh, what about air force one? What protocols are they using? I don't know. Yeah, what about no, the, know. what about the E four B doomsday planes or how about a B 52 strato fortress? How about a C 17? How about a C five galaxy fully laden with fuel, which are flying every day to one of our 700 bases on the planet or i don't know how about the three airports surrounding new york city what happens when you take off and have a heart attack and then you can't really help but hit manhattan which is just a jungle of skyscrapers i mean yeah and that's where you know this just coming out over the last few days on the wire and uh, Josh Yoder from us freedom flyers has been out speaking uh, about this on multiple shows and there, and there's more people that are out speaking on it. And I think Dr. Teresa long and Dr. Pete chambers um, have been out speaking on it as well here recently. Um, you know, it's gaining traction. And I think people need to know because not only do you break that barrier, that a very important mental barrier and waking up to what's going on, that they're literally the tops of the organizations are literally doing the opposite of helping you. It's not shading. There's no extra uh, benefit of the doubt to give. Number two, these vax injuries are real. These are real things. Um, and the warnings are real. And the cover-up of all these things is also real. All of it is real. And if you look at that, if you get people to go, you know, find uh, Captain, uh, you know, Bob Snow's story, also look for that FAA letter. Um, the FAA letter is incredible. You know, it's, uh, let's see, like nine, nine pages, but it's incredible. It lays out so many things. Um, it also talks about doc, Dr. Teresa Long's testimony from, you know, a ways back and about all the things that were happening to these like super fit special forces uh, types troops and how they were just wrecked by this. So once you get there and also you realize like these are where the real experts are. They're the ones who have been warning the high levels and everybody else is just covering it up and safe and effective, safe and effective, you know, like parrots all day. And, um, and I don't mean that direct, it sounds kind of derogatory. I don't mean it that way, but um, everybody's just saying the same thing and uh, people need to look at it and then find this stuff out. And people really need to be starting to contact the FAA and also these airlines, you know, like, Hey, is my pilot vaxxed? Hey, is, uh, um, am I going to be safe on my plane? And why are you not even paying attention to the letter and following your own guidelines? I remember the first time giving blood when I was in high school. So like the late aughts, 
And I remember just kind of chuckling because, you know, all the questions are, it's like, do you have unprotected sex? Have you ever had HIV? And, you know, even as a 15 year old, despite all the giggles, you know, it makes sense. You're like, yeah, you can't do that. You can't do that. But I always thought it was weird how there was like some like, did you travel between like, did you go, were you in the Congo between like May 1981 and like June 1984? You know, did you go to South Korea between like 19 and there were these weird like outbreaks of things. And I was just kind of laughing. I was like, that's absurd. I mean, is it going to be 2050 and you're giving blood at high school? And it's like, did you or a parent receive, you know, the Moderna or the, you know, the companies formerly known as, as they were shut down? Like, I don't don't know, man. Is, is the mass psychosis so great though, that it just go because quote unquote, everyone was duped that we just, can it be ignored forever? I mean, you know what I think? I think we're getting past the time. I think, you know, a lot of these have been ignored forever and it hasn't been loud enough. But I think with the amount of people and also people that are, you know, in these credentialed fields and what have you for what that, you know, lends credence to the public, you know, the general public. I think there's been way too many of them that are now awake to let this go. Yeah. And, you know, and for whatever the reasons, uh, I have no idea. Is it just the 2030 agenda timeline? Is it the, whatever it is? I don't know, but it's pretty clear that they're pushing so much harder that there's only going to be more, more things that are going to look not right to people and more reason to finally drop, you know, and tip that scale on the mass formation psychosis and the denial and what have you, that it's just going to have to. And uh, so, yeah, but yeah, it's interesting thought. Yeah. Did you have this way long ago? Because yeah, who knows? And did you have the did you have, you know, one of the batches that had a placebo in it that they had shipped multiple places? You know, and, and how do you test for it? So that's another insane thing. It's like your vaccination card is still good even if you potentially received a placebo. Shows that it's not about the actual I mean the fact that you know natural immunity doesn't count, which is the point of vaccines, the fact that it was never an immunity mandate. And it was a vaccine mandate should have told everybody everything they needed to know about what the aim was for this entire program. Like that it was the most counterintuitive anti-science thing out there. Imagine if like, that's like, like a background clearance. Like you have to have a, it's called Yankee white clearance to like work in the white house. You can be the most like patriotic, serve your life in the military. I think if one of your parents was born in another country, you can't get Yankee white. Like that's how. Oh wow! It's I had hard. No idea. I never it's, heard of that. It's hardcore. You could you could be a Navy SEAL. Dad could be a. What your mom's from? You know, whatever. Your mom's from France. Sorry, it's just. Well, they can do the pool of people is so large they can have the stringent thing. And that makes sense, right? We go well. That's the president, right? That's the guy in charge. Sure. Imagine if like all Yankee white clearances that meant you could go to the White House, including those that might have been forged. <laughs> well, yeah. then it says that then, well, then you go like, are you sure this is about protection of the of the press? Because you laid it out as we need to protect the guy that's behind the nuclear launch codes, which I agree. Whether or not you like him, like Joe Biden's the president. You got to protect him at all costs. Donald Trump, Barack Obama. Tommy, Tom, Tommy's, I actually know for a fact that he has a, he, he printed his Yankee white clearance. It's all Yankee white clearances are good to go, regardless of, well, the other guys are like cleared Delta force members have gone through polygraph tests, worked at the CIA for 10 years, have gone through every motion. We can trust them to be on air force one near the president. Tommy just has a podcast. (laughs) He's all Yankee white clearances are good to go. And if you said that people would go, it has nothing to do with the Yankee white clearance. Mm -hmm. If you, if your Vax card is good, despite potentially having a placebo. Mm -hmm. I I don't. Yeah. There's so much, right? Everything, everything's upside down. And uh, (laughs) that's why I like this example, the FAA, You, you, people can't process they can't process any of this. They can't process, you know, the completely fraudulent fabricated studies on hydroxychloroquine of 95,000 patients in 169 hospitals. That was really one hospital. They can't process that in the paradigm of, we think that, you know, while they're a little bit, you know, shady and greedy, 
everybody at the tops of these organizations generally means well. And in that paradigm, they shrug off all of these obvious signs. They really have to understand and be specifically told the FAA or one of these things is doing in, in verifiably doing the literal opposite of keeping you safe and keeping the pilots safe. The also the heads of the military that changed all the data, the five year average compared to 2021, when all the numbers skyrocketed in the military, blood clots, miscarriages, cancers, neurologic injuries, myocarditis, you name it. And it was all way up 2021 compared to the previous five-year average. And they said, no, this was a glitch. And they put out like an unnamed statement. It came through the, the statement on, oh, that's really not real, came through PolitiFact, through like a spokesperson of something. They shut down the database and then changed it. And then they changed the, the levels. Get this. The levels of blood clots in the military for that five-year average before, based upon the data put forth by these whistleblowers, was the about the national average. Okay, that fits. After they changed it and said, now the numbers are right, we undercounted. So for the last five years, supposedly, the military's had like, I don't know, four or five times the amount of blood clots compared to the average population. The active military has four to five times. So if you realize that, you realize how ludicrous that entire thing is. And you also realize the fact that, wait a minute, so the heads of the military are also literally doing the opposite of keeping our military force and military readiness up. And, and then the question has to start to arise. Is mm -hmm. this is this incompetence? Is this mass formation psychosis? Or is this just the bleeding edge of warfare? If you is this is the demolition of the United States military, they know you can't do it through weapons it's too strong. What if you did it through the claim of public health? And then you even tricked those greedy American corporations into going along with it because they got the profit off of it. And now all of a sudden, your special forces, your B-2 spirit pilots, your nuclear submariners, your aircraft carrier operators all have myocarditis. I mean, God, God, if that's not checkmate. You know, there that's I think that's the aim. And, you know, you really can't in the statements that have been given, say, to those whistleblowers in the military. I'm kind of scrolling, trying to find one of them, but they're just absolutely awful. They're atrocious. And they logically and otherwise, they they're completely the opposite of what you would do if you were actually, you know, caring for your fighting force. They're the, they're the direct opposite. I mean, they're fighting in court back and forth in another court case with the Navy SEALs. And they, the government won't even send anyone. They send statements. Yeah. They won't yeah. send anyone to actually be in that courtroom to be actually questioned. They didn't put their name on the response on why they changed the five years worth of data. They wouldn't even put their name on it. I just heard Dr. Teresa Long on an interview yesterday talking about that very thing. And um, it, it just, there's no real way around that it is nefarious for whatever and all the purposes. Um, and gosh, I got to get this quote because it was absolutely insane. Let me see if I find it. Yeah, um, yeah I'm almost there. Anyway, go ahead, Tommy. No, Sorry. no, no, you're fine. No, you're fine. Um, yeah, I was going to say there's a there's a difference between groupthink, mass formation psychosis, covering up your own incompetence. Maybe you're like, oh, shit, we all went along with this. We got to cover it up. It's another thing when like, I don't know, like the Secret Service was like ordered to like not stand on the back of like JFK's Cadillac. You know, there are some things where you're like, that's that's not the that's not the Secret Service guys were hung over. That that'd be bad. That'd be incompetence. And I can see where maybe there'd be a conspiracy to cover that up. Holy shit, dude, we let the president get killed. It's another yeah. thing when they're ordered to to come off. It's another thing when like there is no like pre-route surveillance to look at all the windows in Dealey Plaza. There are things like that where you go, I don't think that was just incompetence. Mm -hmm. There really is no other explanation but nefarious. And it the fact that there is no other explanation other than being nefarious in itself hides itself because so many people look at it and go, I don't even want to start to entertain. Cause what does that mean? The, the, the United States took down its own president. You'd look at it and it's like looking at, it's like looking directly at the sun. You go, Nope. Nope. That it hides itself. It's like, 
it's like what it's like what they say about you know like uh you know like like ufos at like area 51 they're like it, it they're like it, it hides itself people go wait so there's a disc out there from another world you go shut up it hides itself the truth is so absurd that it hides itself right like the realization that like the person raping the child is like the uncle it's not some like you know creepy homeless guy it's the uncle or it's the priest it almost hides itself that's kind of what i think a lot of this is is people might slowly be realizing there is no other explanation other than pure evil and your brain kind of short circuits you go mm-hmm. nope nope it was just incompetence it was just money nope this isn't i don't know the, the literal mark of the beast nope <laughs> you just nope head in the sand nope yeah yeah you hit it spot on and you know because of it kind of creates this mental bridge it's the same a very long mental bridge you know there's so many things to cross over and so many mental hoops to go through so to speak <laughs> sorry i'm mixing analogies or metaphors or no something. no no mental but, gymnastics uh, <laughs> but in any case when you when you like say you accuse the other person of being a murderer when you're really the murderer mm-hmm. right um or let's say that's probably a little easier to to fathom but say politically a political opponent says, you're the fascist, you're the something, 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 you don't care about the Constitution and about democracy, which we don't live in a democracy, don't get me started. But anyway, it's hard for people to turn around and see that other side and go like, well, wait a minute, that person who was like throwing the darts and was making the accusations is actually the one that's fully doing it. And they were literally lying 180 degrees from the truth to us. Ah, you don't even entertain it, really. You keep your train focused on whether that person that they named was really that thing or not. And the same thing when you make, as you mentioned, it's always dressed up as good. It's always dressed up as being something good. We're going to save the grandmas and grandpas. We're going to save you know, all these people. The CDC is looking out for you. The Centers for Disease Control. Now think about this. It says... Centers for Disease Control. Did it ever say whether it was going to control it up or down? Anyway, different story. Just some food for thought. I'm not saying they actually, you know, but anyway, just some just food for thought. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> controlling a population of wildlife doesn't necessarily mean it's a preservation or an extinction. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're controlling the disease. But anyway, that's I don't know that was intentional, but either way, just, you know, something to ponder. But um, but yeah, but that's part of the thing that people have that hard time because it's such a hard mental bridge to cross to yeah. be like, no, 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 they're doing they're, they're out there doing good and they say it and everybody believes it. And but they're literally doing the opposite. And that's where I think these cases and like this FAA letter and this, you know, case of, um, you know, of Captain Snow's. And also those links to the DMED database is also powerful. Like you have to have something to break through this thinking. And I think, you know, I pray that it's not going to take, you know, seven minute earlier, um, you know, collapse of a pilot and it a full on crash nosedive uh, irrecoverable for people to start paying attention. And, it, and it's going pretty viral. So I'm hoping it'll go further. And, and I'll circle back here real quick to that, that, uh, that comment. So from Dr. Teresa Long. So we skipped two years. So it's got commentary. This isn't a big, boring letter. People out there, go read it. So we skipped two years of phase two trials, asking one of the commanders, I guess, and three years of phase three trials. We only lost 12 active duty soldiers to, to do with COVID, due to COVID, excuse me. Yet we're going to risk the health of the entire fighting force on a vaccine we only had two months of safety data on. The response was, you're damn right, Colonel, and you're going to get every soldier you can to take the vaccine so I can get enough data points to determine if the vaccine is safe. <laughs> Which, you know what that's called, Tommy? That's called, called re- an experiment. I was about to say, that's, called, called, that's called research. Yes. And that's the same thing that whenever they approved it for, I guess, the, was it the five to 12 year olds <laughs> that they said, we need to start injecting them. To How are we going to know if it's safe? Oh it's God! The opposite of what they tell you, I, and does, you know, does um, it surprise you though? It's from the same government that says we got to pass the bill to find out what's in it. No, you know, it's the same damn playbook. And once you cross the mental gap, you know, the once they say you see the matrix, or you know, whatever you know analogy you want to use, once you see it, you can't unsee it because it's there all the time, and then it's it makes all sense. around you. 
and it I've, makes sense. I've genuinely I generally have come to the conclusion the only the only thing left to do after you've realized you're in the matrix is to one find God and two be as loving as you can to everyone around you because the matrix is hell. And on that note, Dr. Williams, let's wrap this one up. Thank you so much. Thank you, man. I look forward to our, our full, we will go. This was an hour in two weeks. We are going to go down the rabbit hole as we normally do. And uh, hopefully we'll touch on, we didn't we didn't get to the federal reserve which means we didn't go the full distance today that, that's why we're doing another that's why we're doing another one if we don't end up screaming about lady columbia and uh fiat money then you and i have not done our job and so that's we came fair. close today but yeah. we didn't we didn't get to it we got close and no. um we didn't even mention klaus schwab so that those are the limits of an hour podcast which is entirely <laughs> my own fault but i'll text you this episode when it's up and i will see you in two weeks Thank you for your time, sir. It's always yeah, a pleasure. And, uh, yeah, absolutely. And the uh, one note I didn't throw in there is that they got some new studies on the Krypton lights and far UV. So oh, yeah? all the bugs that develop, yeah. they'll all be killed. Hell it's yeah. 20 times stronger than it was before when it was the lit- it was literally worth everyone in the room wearing an N95 mask before. Now they've upped the safety level by 20 times. So it's pretty well 20 times more. Tell them. Um, and it actually finally came out. So it's a nature magazine, got the names on it and whatever. And still we have yet to see, I looked again a couple of days ago in uh, the World Health Organization's um, website, because they talk about UV light, whatever, and they still have the announcement for the seminar. They still have not published the seminar. They still have not commented on the seminar. <laughs> Doesn't matter if the truth will, truth is like a lion. You need not defend it. Just let it out of the cage and it will defend itself. Mm, that's right. It's, a, it's all coming. Doesn't matter. It's all coming. It will. Yeah. It will, it will, the truth will come out and it will crush everything with the force of a tsunami made out of hydrochloric acid. Always has, always will. And so all we get to do is we have the fun job of just poking holes in the dam. We're just like little gremlins. We're just pulling apart. Just, wire. <laughs> you know, it's like, a way of the apocalypse. Yeah. Yeah. We're just like these weird little Keebler elves. Just like, all right, you're, the Matrix is still going. All right. We're just poking Dr. Williams and I are just like kicking girders of the Matrix, pulling out wires. We're like, Look, it's going to come down. You can do it now. You do it. All right. Keep going. It's just it's all good. Thank you Hello, so much, brother. my man. All Great right. Talking I, to you. I love you, my friend. Everybody. Stay safe. God bless America. Thank you.